The Freedom Project is the pursuit of a healthy mind, body, and soul. By investing in these areas, we can live our calling to the best of our ability. We hope to inspire you to chase down the dreams that you have tucked away in your heart. This is the Freedom Project Podcast. I am really excited to do this podcast. I have been watching Carl from afar, and I, when I got to hear his story, um, I was not only inspired, but super intrigued um, because Carl Nelson is an individual who, when 19 years old, he took off to Alaska with very, uh, what do you say, not limited resources, but you you had a family who you're going to stay with. And that was kind of the the premise behind it. You were going up to Alaska to stay with your family and to go see what life was like in a different location. And this is a, a story that I, I'm excited to talk about because I think there's always been something slightly like romantic about heading out West to go hunt or heading up North to Alaska to go live. Or, you know, I think there's a lot of folks who think that's a great dream, but not many people go do it. Carl did. And so I just want to introduce Carl Nelson to the freedom project podcast. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> You're 19 years old. What made you move to Alaska? Loaded question. I mean, <laughs> what do you know at 19? <laughs> Not a darn thing. <laughs> exactly. Looking back at it now at 33, yeah, not a darn thing. But uh, I would have to say, uh, I don't know, just the Wild West aspect of Alaska. Like, there's still a lot of freedom up here that everybody else doesn't get to see. And that was intriguing to me. And I wanted some of that. Yeah. What What family member do you stay with? when you? Uh, my dad has a cousin up here in uh, Valdez which I'm in Fairbanks right now. So that's about 350 miles. And uh, so he let me stay in uh, his downstairs, like mother-in-law apartment and uh, got me a job at the fish hatchery he worked in and kind of was like, Hey, come up, you know, wet your feet, see what you like. It's supposed to be a seasonal job. And uh, when I came up, I had every intention coming back to Minnesota three months later when the job ended hmm. and 14 years later, here I sit. <laughs> yeah. When you were in Minnesota and you were thinking about it, obviously you had a family member who you could stay with, which is super awesome. But what was it in the, in the freedom of Alaska? I understand that. What was it that said, all right, I want to go there. I have an opportunity to go there. I'm going to take it to, I bought the ticket. I packed my bags and I'm going. Like what, what was the thing that made this, the thing switch? What, what was the thing that made you change and go do the thing you wanted to do? I, I honestly would say it is just the fact that I didn't have anything else better going on. Mm -hmm. I was 19 years old. I didn't have a real good job. I didn't really have anything going in life that was special at that moment. And yeah, I was like, hey, let's try this out. See what happens. Alaska looks amazing. <laughs> did, was you, yeah. did you know your dad's cousin i mean did you know yeah. him well, well a little bit you know i'd seen him at like family reunions and stuff like that over the years and blah 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 so uh, enough to know that he was you know an individual that i could trust and be like hey you can sleep in my basement you know yeah 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 you said that you didn't have anything special going on down here mm. when did you know that you had something special going on up there the day that the plane touched down 
no way you knew right away like this Instantly. is it yeah yeah as soon as i saw this place yeah was it just the, the it was natural... never gonna be going back <laughs> was it was it the beauty was it the people was i mean just the the vastness of the whole place or what was it oh breathing in the fresh air i, I don't know like I don't know how anyone says anything about you know, something like that, but yeah, as soon as those wheels touched down, I was like, this is where home is. Like, yeah, it was, cool. it's, it's amazing up here. Like there's no other way to describe it. Like you can't tell anybody how nice it is up here and <laughs> expect them to understand what you think. Yeah. You bet. Did, what do you do for a living up there now? I'm uh, working for a guy and we're building log homes. No kidding from a day-to-day basis is that like cutting building uh, like logs are we talking about like the interior or we do everything from we go out in the woods and cut the trees down you're kidding me yep we're our (laughs) full parent business like we go out and do everything ourselves Yep. how long did it take for you to go from fish hashery to uh building homes uh i've had this job for like two years now so i guess 12 years but you know i've done a bunch of things in between that you know they're all skills that build the way i want to build and you know this one just kind of settled in right and it's been a great job like i don't make a ton of money i like doing what i'm doing but he gives me a bunch of time off from august to november which is (laughs) thing for me in my life (laughs) Let's talk about that. Let's talk about August to November. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be a whole other segment right there. Right? That's exactly where I want to go, man. I, I seriously, this is the this is the piece as an outdoorsman, as an a, adventurous, as someone who enjoys hiking. I think there's a lot of people who <clears throat> they think of Alaska, and this is what they think. They think of little like two-seater airplanes, like going whale watching with glaciers and they think of like a wide open space and grizzly bears. <laughs> There's all but, of that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you get but, but tell me, tell me about like, okay, so what do you do from August to November? Um, well, August, we're going sheep hunting. Okay. September, we go moose hunting. October, we go deer hunting. And November, I try and make it home to Minnesota to see the family. Huh? No kidding. Yeah, right, right. two on, two off for those four months. Because it takes, You're... it honestly takes two weeks to do every hunt up here. Like you why can't come up here and think that you can just shoot a moose in four days. Okay, like, why? It's, it's too vast. Like you just can't get out and do the things you need to do. Scout, find the spot, get out there, do the thing, and do it all. You know. I mean, it takes a day at Sportsman's Warehouse just to get all your mountain house and make sure everything you got for your hunt is savvy and whatnot. So mm-hmm. you pretty much need two weeks to do everything you want to do as far as the hunt. Cool. Let's start off with uh, with the sheep hunt. Teach me. Teach me. I mean, I understand that if someone was going up there and they were not getting guided and they didn't know anyone, that they're going to pay $25,000 to go on sheep hunt. That's so right? in Alaska, there's three hunts you have to be guided on and that's sheep, mountain goat and grizzly bear. And that's where you have to pay a guide to take you into the field to shoot an animal. 
Okay. And that's where you're talking $25,000. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the rest of the hunts, like you can come up here and shoot a moose if you want to do it by yourself for, you know, just the cost of the tag, thousand bucks. Okay. But, you know, as far as like sheep hunting goes, like there's a lot involved with it. So you just, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, no, I want to know. I want to know exactly what's what's involved. So let's let's say let's not go down down paying someone that you didn't know and that kind of thing. How about just tell me about you when you're getting ready for sheep hunting? Tell me what that looks like. Um, it looks like me pulling out all my gear, putting it in the living room, having the old lady mad at me for a week because <laughs> she's stepping over everything and going over and over everything make sure it's right because sheep hunting pretty much the goal is 50 pounds on your back on the way in and 50 pounds on your back on the way in on the way in and if you're okay. successful you're looking at 100 to 112 on the way out okay so okay. that's kind of what you're going for so you pretty much just put everything out and you just weigh it and you repack and repack put your food in there repack again make sure everything is the way you want it and then yeah you go and then you're just out in the mountains you know at, at her will at that point yeah how many years have you been sheep hunting how many years have you been successful so i just started sheep hunting two years ago in 2020 i drew a really good tag and uh went out for the first time me and a buddy killed a sheep that year and then he did a lot for me that year as far as spotting and packing and just being there as the person that I could rely on. So we got him on a sheep this year. So we went in this year and killed another sheep. So I guess two years sheep hunting and two sheep killed. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's, and what do you think of the taste of a sheep? Oh my God. Yeah. Unlike anything else. Is that, I mean, is that the, the, animal of choice if you're going to eat anything i don't i don't know i mean i think it's more just because how much blood sweat and tears went into that like, <laughs> absolutely that good? like you remember every step on the mountain and start eating that back strap i mean it's delicious <laughs> don't get me wrong but as far as our household goes we pretty much eat moose that's, okay that's our go-to and I, I don't think that moose really is any worse or any better than any anything you know, there's something to be said about like going and doing something really hard, going and doing something that's not fun um, or, or it is fun, but it, it's not, it, it's like a grueling experience. And when you have like a, a nice, easy, lazy vacation or trip, it's a wonderful experience at the time. You never remember, or think about it again, unless you see a picture of it. But when you go and do something incredibly hard, somewhat dangerous, and like you said, put blood, sweat, and tears into it. You'll never forget the dang thing. I mean, it's like etched in your in your mind, probably in your heart, and somewhere deep in your soul. Like well, it's muscle memory at that point. <laughs> it's muscle memory, exactly. Yeah. And you get to eat it, so that's great yeah. too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you don't forget those things. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so you're two for two. How do you get to your location that you're going to sheep on? So in 2020, we walked in. Okay. Because it was, uh, I don't even know. We we kept, we stopped keeping track at some point. I think 
by the time it was all said and done, by the time we hiked in there, killed the sheep and hiked out, I think we did 40 miles. 40 miles with quarter to half of that with a pack, a heavy pack. Oh, well, 50 on the way in and 112 on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I mean, you can't talk about just flat miles too. I, you know, yeah. talking to a Minnesota <laughs> crowd right now. Like we're not talking flat miles. We're talking elevation. <laughs> we hit one chunk. Uh, we did 2,600 feet and uh, it took us 10 hours to get up. Holy smokes. Are you kidding me? No, we were done, man. We had a hundred pounds on our backs and yeah, that 2,600 feet took us all of a day to get up. We got to really? the top, we set our tent up and just called it a day. Is that an altitude issue of why it takes it out of you? Or is it just a straight up grueling experience of. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. It's just the whole hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were on day six, so. We'd already hiked all the way in there, hiked through everything, trying to find a sheep, kill the sheep, hiked all the way back. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> oh, like, it's just a mental thing at that point. Like anyone that says the physical thing is a liar. Like it's yeah. a mental thing. Like, hey, one step, two step, three step. Yeah. That's all it yep. is. Is is it helpful, Carl, that you had someone with you? I mean, if you were doing that alone versus it's a whole different story having another person do it with you. Hundred percent, yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you can't. Well, I mean, you cannot beat having a reliable hunting partner with you in those kind of situations. Sure. I mean, you can be as mentally tough as you want, but having a guy sitting next to you, like, "Yo, we only got to go another thirty-five feet, and then we get to this rock, and then once we get to this rock, we can go over here to this rock, and then <laughs> two hundred yards later, we can make it to camp." Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's always nice having somebody chirping here, being like, yeah, we can do this. Tell me this. What is an attribute of a reliable hunting partner other than reliable? <laughs> what is someone like, I loved having this guy by my side because of. I don't know. Just his willingness to stick with you every day. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. It is. I mean. Because you're thinking of the one okay. guy who was with you. The one thing I look for in a hunting partner that. I have found, and that's one partner that I continue to hunt with, the willingness to give 100% when you're only willing to give 20. Sure. You got to be looking for that guy. Like, there's going to be days when you're not going to want to do everything you should be doing in the mountains. Mm -hmm. It's got to be the guy who says, hey, we're going to do this. Yeah. There's no physical or mental attributes to that. It's just got to be the guy being like, hey, you're being a you know, pile of the day, let's go and do this, you know, <laughs> someone to hold, you know, someone to hold your feet to the flame a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Put your feet to the uh, I like that. Okay. So you get done with the first, it's probably good that it's your first, uh, the first month, you know what I mean? Is the hard, like really hard. Get it out of the way. Yeah. After that <laughs> gentleman's hunts. <laughs> we're just trying to drink whiskey and flying planes <laughs> exactly. you know and it's funny you bring that up because that's why why does everyone have an airplane up there <laughs> or a snow machine drive. <laughs> tell me about that i mean do you have access to an airplane most of the time um, all the time you got friends who have them or well how does that look i would say yes we have access to airplanes whenever we want yeah okay um yeah, I, I wouldn't say like everyone has an airplane up here. It's not like a 
means of travel like blah blah blah. but yeah a lot of buddies have them and yeah it's nice like when you can fly out it is it's a game changer i'm not gonna lie to anyone that's gonna listen to this podcast be like hey you know can i four-wheeler off a trail and go kill a caribou like yeah you can but you got an airplane (laughs) kind of nice (laughs) yeah when when your buddy drops you off for a for a flying or picks you up for a flying or whatever is do you just pay gas we don't pay anything that's illegal up here oh is that right yeah for gotcha you unless you're an outfitter or a guide you can't take any money or monetary value of blah 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 for anything when it comes to that really so we're all just doing it out of the goodness of our hearts and we make it work you know there's things you know we yeah yeah we help each other out but yeah for sure as far as monetary yeah interesting like this year cheap hunting we went with an actual guide so we paid him okay yeah so after the sheep hunt is what you said moose moose yep straight into moose hunting uh so sheep hunting rounds starts august 10th goes to the end of the month moose hunting starts september 1st so we went into moose camp on the 9th i think 9th or 10th this year showing up there we flew into camp same thing and uh we got a nice little lake that we hung out of it's beautiful Cool. We sit there in a lawn chair and just wait. Just sit there, have a nice fire, have a couple of Coors banquets, just hang out, yep. and just make your moose show up. And sometimes it takes ten days. To this year, it took uh, sixteen hours. You <laughs> <We> showed up <laughs> first morning, yeah. So it was actually kind of a blunder because I went to moose camp hoping I'd be there for ten days and ended up being there for thirty-six hours. <laughs> showed up on the first morning and shot him and left <laughs> yeah. had to come up with a staycation in another way huh yeah well, i right. expect you to go back to work when you got a moose yeah <laughs> well you're in town hey why don't you come back to work <laughs> <laughs> yeah all and right and so... uh, after that it comes into deer hunting season and what so what kind of deer? deer we got we sick talk... of blacktails sick of blacktails and they're just a little smaller right they're a little smaller and the a, antlers, white are, antlers are quite a bit different. They tend to grow just like a big fork. You know, it's like a one, two, you know, with a nice eye guard. And, yep. uh, but we got to go out to the islands out of Prince William Sound to hunt those. Okay. So then that's a whole nother ordeal because we're getting a boat, traveling six hours on a boat, and then you're on an island for, I don't know, seven to 14 days. Really? And then the weather comes in, and then all of a sudden you're there for 20 days. <laughs> <laughs> you when you're when you're sheep hunting, you got 50 pounds. When you're Sitka blacktail hunting, what are you bringing in? I mean, can is it oh, like unlimited? You can bring in whatever you want because you got a boat. Gentleman's hunt, yeah. <laughs> it's a gentleman's hunt. <laughs> yeah. We're we're bringing as much beer as we can drink. Arctic ovens. Yeah. Are you familiar Arctic with ovens. an Arctic oven? Uh, you know what? I no. Tell me more. Arctic oven is like the best Cabela's tent you can ever see with a fleece lining and a wood stove. It's really? built right here in Fairbanks. The best all-season tent you'll ever come across in your life. So it is amazing. Cool. At 30 degrees, 20 degrees, even below zero, suck that wood stove up, two guys in a cot in that tent. Beautiful. Like, really? Beautiful. Yeah. It's unreal how nice these are. Hmm. 
Cool. But yeah, when we come to deer hunting, that's our last hunt of the year. So we go all out on that one. And how many, like, I know you got one guy that you're sheep hunting with. How many guys are you going out moose hunting with? Uh, so this year, moose hunting, I went with uh, these two guys, and uh, we've been moose hunting for years now. And one was 76 and one was 78. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. And they both flew their airplanes into the lake. Is that right? In that wild? That yeah. is. That's incredible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I they they bring me in there because they, you know, weak mind, strong back type deal. But <laughs> I understand it. Like, you're flying the airplane. I'll, I'll kill the moose. So. That's right. I know my role. That's, that's exactly. part of it. <laughs> you know, you got to make your bones somehow in life. So. <laughs> But yeah, super cool dudes. So, and those are the only two guys I'm moose hunting with. And then when we go to deer camp, it's six of us. Okay. And it's it's kind of a wild bunch. Just uh, okay. who's ever got the time off and wants to yep. do it at this point. So yep. it's kind of a weird deal going to the deer hunt. So 10 days out on an island and you got to be, you got to be pretty prepared to stay out there for like two weeks. Sure. Just because of the weather and everything. So yeah. Yeah. Let's say you get out there. And you're hunting do you hunt the whole time or is there like yeah we do some fishing and we do some crabs and we do i mean is there other other aspects of the outdoors that you take advantage of when we're deer hunting deer oh yeah we kill everything out there is that right oh man so much fun <laughs> when i say a gentleman's hunt is like a gentleman's hunt we got crab pots in we're shooting sea ducks we're shooting deer you got a pretty good chance of shooting a 10 foot coastal brown bear and you catch all the halibut and rockfish you want. Really? So you're, yeah. you, I mean, that's what, that was my next question. If you're stuck out there, I mean, how much food do you bring, but you're just bringing the drinks and then the food's there. <laughs> oh no, you, you still bring drinks that way and food that way, you know, you're set up, but yeah, I mean, we'll probably eat one whole deer while we're out there. Yeah, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. It's, it, it's honestly one of the, like, I look forward to that hunt more than anything. Like mm -hmm. sheep is just a ball buster. You're in the mountains, moose, you're just out there trying to fill the freezer. Like it's, it's all a good time. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but it comes yep. with deer hunt. It's 10 days on the Island, just your buddies. And we have a great time. We got two rafts. Like we go out and have a great time out there. Cool. Very cool. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the, the things that'll kill you when you're hunting what are your predators out there that i mean like really that have you concerned colts of brown bears and black bears and that's about it okay we ain't got no snakes anything like that yep. shark ain't gonna get you up here unless you're swimming but it's way too cold to swim <laughs> <laughs> okay so do you just have a sidearm for that you have yeah. a pistol or something you just uh, yeah glocked in Yep. Have you ever been in an encounter where you're nervous? One time. Tell me about it. <laughs> we, uh, we're in Kodiak, uh, flew into a spot. We we're going goat hunting. We fly into this spot and touch down, set tent up. And, uh, Kodiak's the only spot in Alaska where we set a bare fence up over the tent, electric fence. An electric fence over your tent. Well, the perimeter, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, is, is this solar powered one? Usually, you can get them battery powered as well, and okay. uh, that's the only spot though in Alaska that I've been 
personally that where you set that up because the Bears are that ridiculous. And we had this sow and two cubs come in, and she just won't leave us alone. She came in, man, I don't know, six different times into camp. Every time, very hostile. And uh, so we're sitting there in camp, and I hadn't seen her. And she could, there was kind of like a little cut bank down into the little gully we were in, probably six foot. And her cubs walked by us. So her cubs are on the backside of us. And we see her cubs, and that's not good when you get between the cubs and the cell, obviously. Mm. <laughs> and the cubs stand up, and I was like, oh, all right, here we go. <laughs> and she stood up, and I kid you not, when she stood up, she could have rubbed the top of a freight liner. Like, <laughs> it was a big bear. And as soon as she stood up, she stood down, and she put her ears back, and she just came at me. And I had my rifle there, and I was ready to shoot. And I don't know, something told me not to kill her, which I should have because she'd been messing with us for four days by this point. But I didn't, and she ran right by me. And I remember reaching my hand out and just tickling the fur on her shoulder. <laughs> no way. You, yeah. you just happened to touch a charging bear. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I I wouldn't say she was charging because she ran by me. So. She, was, she was charging right past you. Yeah. You know, I felt like it was bluff. Like I knew what she was doing. Like she had these, and her cubs were big. Like they were two and a half year old cubs. They were 300 pounds. Okay. But there was, you know, I knew she wanted what we had, but I also knew that she was protecting what she had. So mm -hmm. it was kind of one of those deals where I should have killed her, you know, by all means, you know. She'd been messing with us for days, but I remember tickling her in her armpit once she ran by, and she was all at 10 foot. And yeah, once in a while, I'll still wake up thinking about her. Yeah, oh, for <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so a, that's about the worst one I've had. Okay. Yeah. You, have you had any any friends in their experiences or other people up there? You're like, yeah, we hear a couple people go down every year from a bear attack or anything, or is that not the case? Oh, yeah, for sure. The news says it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Like, yeah. A couple people here, for sure. You knew right away that that place was special, right? That that place is home. When you see someone walking around in Fairbanks, what what is it that you're like, oh, they're not from here? <laughs> what <laughs> or or maybe i should say it another way what what was the point where you're like i'm from here and i know i am because i'm not that person anymore <laughs> i don't know maybe like a canada deuce gown coat yeah yeah thousand <laughs> yeah. dollar a thousand dollar coat is that uh that is from that says it's meant to keep you warm in the Arctic. That's not necessarily what's running around up there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe saying snowmobile instead of snow machine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that, where that line is where it gets crossed, but it must be Northern Minnesota because it's a snowmobile right where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was for me too, growing up. <laughs> the snow machine. No, that's pretty you know, good. Um, Maybe saying I'm going outside. Like that's a good one. Okay. If you're Alaskan, like we all know what you're saying, like, hey, I'm going outside. It's, it means you're leaving Alaska. Okay. 
Ja, det var ju det här. How big is Fairbanks? How many people? How many people we got here, dude? 100,000? 100,000. I think we have 100,000 in the borough and like 60,000 in the city. Including uh, Air Force Base and military. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Inclu- including the Air Force Base and what? Oh. what was it? Uh, military base. Yeah. So we got okay. two military bases right around town. Gotcha. Okay. A lot of those jokers are from outside. You can tell. <laughs> They're from the outside. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> That's funny. Real That's- green. <laughs> well, I, you know, you always kind of think, well, even for me, right? I moved into a, a, I'm from a small town. We're from a small town. We moved into a smaller town right? Where everyone knows everyone. And then we live on the outside. We live rural, like six miles away. So you don't know anyone. So you walk into town, you feel like they, they all know who I am, but I'm not quite sure who they are yet. You know, so I saw been, you. You're living yeah. on the Pop Green's place, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I don't know who lived in this house four people before me, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Well, I tell you what. Turn the tables. Yeah. When are you gonna come to Alaska? Well, I tell you what. Here's the thing. So I had buddies whose whose you know parents were were uh, in the military. Brought them up to Fairbanks, right? And they talk about going bear hunting and moose hunting like it was just like deer out here. You know what I mean? And ever since then, I've. I've always been so intrigued. And that's, I think maybe the reason that I wanted to interview you so much, but like how your experience went because you went and did it right. You're living like that, that dream that's kind of in the back of my mind. I don't think I'll ever live there. Maybe I will. I don't know, but I certainly would love to come visit. I mean, really, I would actually really love to come visit and I would love to go experience some of these things that you talk about. I mean, it's so, it's just so different. We got white tailed deer out our back. We got turkeys. I mean, we can hunt the heck out of this place, but the elevation change is 150 feet. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the most you're going to get. You're not getting any more than that. So, you know, there's a, it it will be, it will be. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't. Come on. Exactly. I just don't know when. (laughs) So, for, yeah, maybe you should say it this way. From an outsider, from a, a what do you say? Going outside? Yeah, from an outsider. Um, what can I buy over the counter and what do I need to get drawn for? Everything. You can buy everything but a buffalo and a no, you can buy a muscat. I think you can buy everything but a buffalo tag over the counter. Gotcha. Okay. How much money do you want to spend? Like I said, you got to, you know, buy a guide for certain things, but. So what are some of the things that don't require guides? Um, or what does, maybe here, say it this way. What does require a guide? Sheep, yep. mountain goat, brown bear. The only brown three. Bear. That, yep. Okay. So you can come up here, you can shoot a black bear, you can shoot a moose, shoot a caribou, you can shoot a sick of black tail. Um, that's about it. And, and is that all, Carl, is that all based off the premise that I know you 
or I mean, I know an Alaskan and I can go do that. Or can I, could I have done that anyway? And just went up and figured it out myself. hundred percent. You can just figure it out by yourself. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. They put those three animals in the category just because they don't want people getting out in the mountains and disoriented and dying, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, the rest of those, yeah, you come up here, self-guided, do what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's helpful if you know somebody up here, they'd be like, hey, we'll push you in the right direction. No but doubt about it. <laughs> you can do all those things. That is, right that's so yeah. cool. That's so cool. And then how about, how about, uh, other than on the Island that you guys go sick of blacktail hunting? I mean, are you, do you fish, do you pod, you know, crab pods, things like that? Or is that only over in that area? Um, yeah, we do, uh, plenty of other stuff like that. We usually try and get out one halibut trip a year out of Prince William sound or somewhere in the vicinity. Um, yep. As far as like crabbing and whatnot, that's kind of more like in the illusions, like the stuff you see in like Fancy Gold or yep. not Fancy Gold, but uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah, uh, Deadliest Catch. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Deadliest yeah, catch. we're we're not that far out there. Um, we can do a little bit of that where we're at. It's uh on a smaller scale. You can only run a couple of small pots, you know. Okay. But um, yeah. Other than that. We, Try and catch a bunch of burbot. We've been out spearing pike a bunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The old cool. lady, she, uh, she speared one that was like a pound and a half the other day. A she pound and a half? That. Oh, yeah. Monster. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm not leaving the lake with that one. <laughs> we got him in the pickling jar right now. Awesome. That was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's good but as far uh, as last goes like if you're trying to wet your feet into it i'd say start small like come up here for a fishing trip you know book a charter yeah. or something like that and then just walk your way into it just people think they can come up here and see alaska in a week or 10 days or something you can't like okay you gotta just step into it slowly took me uh six years of living up here before i shot my first move so okay it just takes time to it's a lot of land up here Mm -hmm. yeah so here's another question for you what would you say the most valuable let's just say you have a budget right you're on a budget and you can all you can spend some money on some things but you can't spend i mean you can't spend it you can't have expense of everything can't have the best everything if you're gonna say the three things i need to have the best what would those articles of equipment, tent, gun? I mean, what would you spend your money on? And what are the other things you'd be like, it's not as important? I'd go with uh, a sleeping bag, a tent, okay. and a jet boil. And a jet boil. What's a jet boil, Carl? Jet boil is like a little food canister deal that heats your mountain house and yep. whatnot. Okay. A propane thing? Yeah. Butane or something like that? Yeah. I think it's isopropo or whatever. Okay. uh, Yeah. You got to have somewhere to eat your food. Got to get dry at night and you got to sleep good. Gotcha. Okay. But you can't skip anything else. So it's hard to say. I mean, I want the best rain gear. I want good boots. 
want a yep. good gun, but the best gun is the one that you shoot well, so it doesn't matter at that point. Yep. Do you do you use the same gun for most of these hunts? Uh, I got I got three in the rotation right now. Okay. I, I shoot a uh, 338 for uh, moose hunting. Okay. I shoot a 25 out six for sheep and goats, and then I shoot a 12 gauge slug gun for deer hunting. <laughs> no way. Yeah, what, dude. What what is what's the uh? I mean, maybe you're just in close quarters, so you get lots of shots. No, what? from Minnesota. <laughs> I grew up with a slug gun in my hand. <laughs> that's just the way you hunt deer. <laughs> Some things never leave you, man. <laughs> nah, that's a good thing. I'm glad that you brought that brought that in with you. I'm sure all your oh. buddies are like, what the heck, Carl? <laughs> oh, no, they know me. <laughs> you say- oh, it's got a fixed four power on it with uh, 300. 30 grain SST Hornady come out of it. Oh, it's yep. a nasty round. <laughs> yeah. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. So we're going to just kind of wrap this thing up, but let me ask you what, uh, here you sit and you get to reflect on the last, you know, 15 years of your life from before you get up there till now. I got two little guys at home who maybe will have the same desire someday. What, what advice would you give them? You have to grind it out for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like, don't expect anything to come easy up here. Like, be prepared to just, yeah, you move up here. You want to kill a moose. Like everybody wants to do that the first year, but it's going to take a couple of years for you to figure out the, lay of the land and how things work and everything and yeah just be prepared to mentally grind it out like especially leaving home like it's tough like when you don't have any other people around you that you can rely on yeah that's what i would say yeah i like that you know that's that is the thing that we kind of neglect to talk about is just the fact of leaving the hardest part of leaving is even if you, whether you have a great home life or you have a terrible home life is the fact that it is your familiar place, right? It's your, it's the place that gives you comfort. Cause that's still somewhat home, whether you have a neighbor who, you know, their first name, or, you know, there's the person that begs your groceries, you know what I mean? There's just, there's some familiarity to it. My wife is a, a English as a second language teacher and she, she's, loves to travel. She's been all over the place. The students that she's works with, they, they have this thing called culture shock. And it's a, like the real thing. Like it's a real thing. There's, you go to a new place, there's a good chance that you're going to have culture shock. Even if the people speak the same language, eat the same food and his son, you know, the time I'm zones are thinking same. <laughs> yeah. But when you leave the, the, when you leave the place where you're comfortable with, it does make, it forces you to grow in a different way. It forces you to be challenged. You have to be a whole different person. Exactly. And you get to be, which is a good thing, or you don't have to be, or whatever the case may be, but you're forced into it. Cause there's no other, like, there's just no comfort of it, you know? U.S. Census says that 85% of the people don't move more than seven miles from their mother. 85%? No way. <laughs> I am 3,007 from mine. <laughs> I love her Wait. as that. 
but I'm 3007. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. You are, you are definitely the minority in this. Uh, well, in this... even you, man, you're what 300 miles from Pelican, mm-hmm. you know, something like yeah. that. Like, that's getting far away as far as standards go. So, right, right, there's yeah, something definitely... said about leaving the space that you know to follow something different, yeah. But you know what, Carl, I also appreciate that because my, when my boys do leave, which they will at some point, maybe, you know, knowing that it's not easy, it's just going to be, there's going to be a grind no matter what, whether you're trying to hunt a moose or whether you're trying to get a job or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever the case may be. So I appreciate you pointing that up. I like that a lot. That's good. No, it's going to be good for me. Like yeah. everything's good for you. We all take our own steps in life. You know, that's just how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you so much, man. I appreciate your time and your story. And yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay. Keep in contact over the summer and uh, after hunting season, let's do this again, huh? Very good. Sounds great okay. to me, man. Good to see you, Taylor. Yep, you too. Let's see you later. Take and that concludes the Freedom Project podcast. Thank you for taking your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, please hit like or subscribe and give it a five-star rating. We would appreciate this immensely. Have a wonderful day.